Hey, Rumi, happy Father's Day. Yeah, that's right. Happy Father's Day, dude. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, I'm I've been a dad for about two years now. It's fun. We had a great Father's Day. We played in the pool and we put out the you know little little kitty pool and jumped through a sprinkler and I grilled some shit. And what were you up to for Father's Day? We're in South Carolina with my family, so I see my father and my kid's grandfather, and we're here with my sister and her husband, who's also a father. So. We have a bunch of little munchkins running around, going to the beach, finding crabs, uh, playing in the pool today. So definitely like a big father's thing. I feel like a dad because we're doing, I feel like a dad. Also, I'm with my sister's kids who are now like five and six, and I haven't seen them since they were like literally like three and four. So they're like people now. And like, I'm the cool uncle, which I would have thought, but like, I didn't. I've never had it before. So now it's like the second I wake up, Uncle Man, Uncle Man, oh my God. Like literally, I was like, Kyla, I'm pooping. Give me a minute. She's like, <laughs> just let me in. She, she goes, let me in. I won't look at you. I was like, go downstairs. <laughs> so yeah, so that's been it. <laughs> oh my God. Can I tell a super inappropriate story? Absolutely. If it's about my cousin, my, my, my niece, yeah. So I, maybe we won't name names, but I'm not involved with this. This is a family story where, um, as in my, my, dad's in the, my dad's in the bathroom and one of my young cousins at the time just kicks in the door and is like, what is that? And he's like, go ask your dad, go ask your dad. <laughs> he doesn't have one of those. I assure you he does. Go ask your dad. <laughs> I wish, I wish that kid's mom was like, no, he's right. He doesn't have one of those. <laughs> it, really uncomfortable story. But so yeah, today we're talking about dads and movies and stuff, comic books. But um, before we get started, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at launchpad pod on our website, launchpadpod.com and check us out on YouTube. Cause it's funny. And we make funny faces and Matt is wearing this Mr. T-shirt, Matt, you can't wear a Mr. T T-shirt. If you can't name two of his songs, go for it. I mean, immediately treat your mother, right? His rap about <laughs> mothers for mother's day. And then there's another one. I just played it like within the last month. It's something like don't be nobody's fool or something to that effect. I couldn't. I, 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 the name is probably not exactly right, but I mean, oh, wait, wait, I'm um, close. It's it's um, it's like. Uh, fuck, it's like be be somebody or be somebody's fool. That's what it's called. Something like that. Be somebody or be somebody's fool. Uh, there is I am somebody. And don't talk to strangers. Tweet your mother right. Peer pressure. Uh, don't be somebody's fool. Okay, so there um, you go. Man, you were close. That's great. That's good. I, see, see, I love hitting people with that when they when they have the T-shirt. Like, name two of the songs of this shirt you're wearing. Well, this <laughs> is also. Do you recognize this? Do you you know what that is? It's it's his cereal, right? Fucking cereal with the T's, with the the fist grabbing, the uppercase T, which I remember tasting like heaven. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe kids' mouths are dumber than. <laughs> than adult mouths. Our but. mouths are way dumber because I just bought a, a <laughs> box of uh, smackums or whatever they're called, like honey smacks. Mm-hmm. And they're just like puffed rice, just dipped in sugar. And I, as a kid, I was like, delicious. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh God, um, I, can my teeth cringe? I can feel my teeth cringe. I think, like, but I think they did taste better as kids. I'm not going to say they were any better for us, but I think no. they taste different now. Yeah. Well, y- you know, you know, you're doing your diet, quote unquote, adult diet, right? When like things like carrots and tomatoes taste good. You're like, man, cool this tomato, you? 
I think Ooh, tomatoes I, taste great now. Like, barf. I mean, I cut a bunch of sugar out. It's late. We're, we're filming late tonight. This is the first time we don't often film late into the night. So and um, we're on you, the same coast too. We're on the East coast. You're eight together. hours away from me and you're not coming to visit me. Fuck you. <laughs> you're eight hours away from me. I traveled. What? 2000 miles. I'm I did a majority of the traveling here. <laughs> if I didn't have work next week, I'd drive up and see you, buddy. I bring Sammy too. What's what's an eight hour car ride with children? <laughs> I'll split it with you. I'll do four and four. I would do four. That'd be fun as hell for like right? a twenty minute a twenty minute lunch. So because it's a late night podcast, I'm drinking brown liquor and already a few drinks in. So yeah, let's get this uh, show on the road. And I'm drinking two different colors of Gatorade mixed together to make more red. <laughs> My nephew asked me what fruit punch was, and I was like, leave me alone, you fucking moron. Like, you really don't know what fruit punch is? You've been, you're deprived to get out of here. Matt, you me, me, you missed a perfect opportunity to punch a child in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I'll and give you a is, fruit punch. And this, this is why my power of attorney rests with you and not my wife, because you get me. Like, <laughs> you complete me in a more roundabout way than most, pretty much any other person. Let's get on with this show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I pity no fool. I'm Mr. T. <laughs> You're Matt uh, T. I'm, I'm Matt. Mr. C. Mr. C. <laughs> um, I love that, dude. Dude, I'm wearing this because I got my kindergartners into Mr. T. And specifically treat your mother right. Oh, and you they have sent me videos of them telling great. them all they the fools that they pity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he sends me little videos all the time of his kids saying funny stuff. And like, I like love it when six they're six-year-old like, girls yeah. literally being like, don't give me no back. Talk sucker. It's like, <laughs> and they, they don't just say the words. They say it like him because I played them videos and clips and stuff and they're on board. Mr. Chi, you are a treasure. Don't ever change. Well, today, because of Father's Day, because um, normally we, we would have recorded on Father's Day. But, you know, we're, when this comes out and when we record, it's never the same. Time warps and all that. Uh, we're talking about dads, dads, movies, TVs, comic books, whatever, what have you. Um, this was a hard topic, Rumi, because uh, dads and movies, TVs, and comic books suck. Oh, see, this is like a, a last-minute thing. Like, literally, Rumi and I decided about an hour ago to record this, and this morning, he said maybe we could do something about dads and you weren't super <laughs> clear, so I don't know if we were doing good dads or memorable dads or just dads. So I have a little bit of all, and I think we could just pull from it and, and yeah. kind of dilly-dally around fatherhood today. Sure, we could. Um, I have a list of good dads and bad dads. Um, okay. And just say, let's start with some good dads, because I think we're good dads. I've been told multiple well, I put times. My, I put weekend. myself on my list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So starting with a good dad, um, Chief Brody comes to mind of one of our favorite films, Jaws. Okay. Um, he's not the best dad, but he certainly is a good dad, and he tries hard. Um Chief Brody from Jaws, if you may remember, gets his kid a sailboat for his birthday. Great, great present. My dad got me a car, but uh, sailboat's cool, too. Sailboat's cool, too, you know, if you're into boating. <laughs> but it would be more rad if your dad got you a car 
during a time where your town was being ravaged by I don't know, like a monster truck or something. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that's comparable. Like he was like during maximum overdrive. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, he was like, Oh shit. There's a man eating shark playing in my town. Let me get my kid a boat. (laughs) I just want to talk about the movie where jaws takes place in maximum overdrive. So chief Brody is afraid of a giant green goblin headed monster truck and his kids dilly dallying in a parking lot with like a Volvo and the monster truck is like coming towards it. So then when he tries to close down the city, what is the event? It's not July 4th. It's not a big beach weekend. What would it be? I grew like up a, in Indiana, man. May was race race month. The Indy 500 yeah. was like nonstop cars, cars, cars. <laughs> <laughs> on Father's Day, we went to a car show because we were like, nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Let's do it. It was fun. You know, we saw some this cars. This past week or when you were growing up? Yeah, this weekend. Yeah. This How weekend. Um, I mean, it was fun to see no some cars. Goblins. I was like, I was like, yeah, no green goblins. I told Kate, I was like, I'm window shopping my midlife crisis right now. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's Did cool. she support that? Look, she laughed. Um, the funniest thing was, so it's in a parking lot of like a little town square, right? And one Kia Sorento forgot to move. And so it's like Lamborghini, fucking sweet Ferrari, Kia Sorento. <laughs> that was the, I took a picture of some of these cars. That was the one I took the most pictures of because I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> well, you so know that like that, per- yeah, that person came back to their car and as they walked up, realized what had happened and was embarrassed. They didn't want to get back in the car in front of everybody else. So they left that shit there to the end of the event. And there was like a, a DJ there with a microphone. It was like, hey, whose car is this? This is a dope tangerine dream. Let's talk about your car. When if anybody's got a How- piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> whose Kia Sorento minivan is this? Looks like you left a sweater in the back seat. Cool, 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 cool. Like. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I no love the Chief Brody up. idea. Oh, like and he looks up and like Alex Kittner's on like a, a little moped and suddenly gets just <laughs> launched in the air by a green goblin truck. <laughs> Jaws with trucks hits a little different, doesn't it? I like that. I like that. Can of nitro at the end and under the hood in the hood of the car. A can of nitro. They shoot smiling son of a bitch. Um, that'd be <laughs> he's like in a smashed up like car and he's just hanging off the top and he's like smiling yeah oh my god his son and his friends are trying to change a tire and he's like i'm doing it all right you stupid ass and the guy comes over and he's like you boys okay over there hey you boys need help over there <laughs> and the truck just takes him out and you see his leg just rolling down the street <laughs> That's Ben Hopper's car. Oh, yeah. Like, that'd be awesome. The scientist walks over to the car, and as he unrolls the window, a near-severed head pops out. <laughs> <laughs> Way funnier than it should be, but hey, you guys... They go, to, they go to an auto body shop, and inside is a smaller truck, and they're like, this could have been the truck that was smashing anybody. It could have been, but the engine just seems too small. I just want to be sure. Let's open up. Let's open up the back. See what's inside. These trucks are very slow. Uh, transporters spits out a shark fin, though. It's not a license plate. It just spits out a shark fin.
These trucks are very rare for these streets. It might be our truck. It probably is, but we want to be sure. I'll get you checked for you. Bumper. The so he would be a, he would be a tow, <laughs> the whole damn thing. <laughs> he would be a tow truck driver, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, and he's got a seat that he buckles into and he's like pulling on the tow truck hook. He's like, <laughs> we're going to need a bigger tow truck. This movie is not as much of a stretch to put together as you would think, right? Like this is working. All right, let's take, let's not talk about fathers and movies. Let's just talk about Jaws trucks. <laughs> let's just make a Jaws truck episode. <laughs> Maximum Jaws are dry. <sighs> That's. I mean, <laughs> I, I also would watch this movie for sure, for sure. I mean, are we sure the asylum hasn't already made a truck movie like this? Transmorphers. Trucks. There is a monster truck. I don't know monster trucks well, but there is a monster truck that's body is a shark and it's got a big fin. I don't mm. know what it's called, but it's a thing. I'm not, I'm not much of a car guy. I, I mean, I have never been financially um, lucrative enough to be one. Sure. I sure. Um, but like, you know, Hey, there are some cool looking cars out there. I don't know anything about them. Just need to know how to stop it. Brody yeah. didn't know anything about sharks. He had two other idiots help him, and he just took the final shot. That's all. <laughs> then Hooper swam up and was like, hey, did you finish that shit we were doing all movie? <laughs> did I miss anything? <laughs> that would be so then Brody at the end, after he stops the truck, he's driving home. And then uh, Hooper would be just thumbing a ride at the side of the, the road, right? He would be hitching a ride, and then he'd pick him up and be like, Quince? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, oh God. Oh, we could do this a long time. This is getting scary. Give me another dad, Rumi. Give me another dad. Okay. Uh let's see. Okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. This is one of the first ones I thought of, actually. Um Mufasa from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Anything I think that's the a light really touches. Good one. Yeah, I like that. I like, you know, the responsibility of him. It's a really larger than life. I mean, he's a trope, right? He's literally a king. The sun looks up to him. He's supposed to follow in his footsteps in many different ways. Then there's some Shakespearean nonsense that happens and knocks the father. I mean, the father dies saving his life and knows that his brother has killed him. Like Mufasa <sighs> dies knowing he's been betrayed by his brother over this nonsense. You know, there's actually, I think really, if you deconstruct that character, there's a lot there that makes him a pretty memorable character, but he's a strong Great. father. I like that father type who does, you know, he, he also saves the kids from the hyenas at one point and then also scolds them. Like what the fuck, man, this is not, yeah. you know, you're in the wrong here. He, he's a fair dad, which, which I like. It's a good yeah. model. The part we didn't see is like the shitty thing that all happens to anybody with power. Like the shit he did, like how many kids does he have? I mean, he's got a lion <laughs> pride, man. I mean, he's probably got a bunch of kids that they don't know about that. A voice hey. like that? He wasn't wooing some lionesses? Come on. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a pride. That's how prides work. Come on. Anyway, yeah. that aside. And also, like, when you have power, like, you're doing some shit. He's got some dirty yeah. dealings on the side. You know it. But, you know, Mufasa's kind of, he's all right. Well, there's a prequel. A Lion King prequel <laughs> shows his rise to power. And it's it's very ubiquitous. There's a lot going on there. All the people he had to eat to he, get he to a, a, Yeah, he had to whack to get to his spot. Yeah, yeah shit, yeah. <clears throat> um, but he's he's a fair dad, and I like that, and I always thought he was cool. I've told this story many times, but I'll tell it again, even on this podcast. Um, my grandfather dies, and after the funeral, everybody's like, we should go see a Disney movie to make us feel better. What movie <laughs> did we pick? <laughs> Lion King. Papa, 
Papa, and everybody's crying, and I'm like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen in my life." And I'm imagining that you're, you said you, it was your grandfather who died. Yeah, I'm imagining his brother was like, <laughs> "Everyone looked at him and they were like, uh, Uncle Chip." How did your brother die? And he's like, it was just a regular wildebeest accident. And I wasn't involved. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a long time ago, but that movie was great. I mean, that movie stuck with me, not only for that awful, awful situation to see that movie in, but it's a fucking good movie. Lion King is it's a great movie. And really, probably, if, you, if you take away all the Disney stuff, it's, you know, it's the trope of following in your father's footsteps, right? Simba literally runs away from that responsibility only to be looped back and, yeah. you know, become Mufasa or greater than Mufasa. And yeah. that's a trope and, in, 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 you know, literally a timeless archetype, right? And I, I, mean, I think that Shakespeare- fits perfectly. Period. I can't remember if it's Hamlet or Richard the Third. That's bad on me. Um, Hamlet the Third. Hamlet the Third. Um, yeah, Hamlet two. Uh, so yeah, or the Baz Luhrmann, the Baz Luhrmann remake, which is called Richie Ham. <laughs> <laughs> probably my favorite Disney movie. Richie Ham. Uh, yeah, Richie Ham. Uh, no, The Lion King. I think it's probably my favorite. It's good, and I think he's a great father. I think he certainly should be on the list of like memorable. But only you know, the CGI remake, for- the, the original. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That CGI remake was garbage. Um, Who else do you have? All right. Here's a bad. Let's hit a bad one up. Let's do okay. a bad one. Um, Pet Cemetery. How do you feel about Dr. Creed? How do you feel about him? Think of that. Um, okay. Because this is a tough one because he starts off as a good dad you're like oh man dr creed's trying to make up for his son's accidental death mm-hmm. <laughs> so my dad trying- my, my real dad just turned the lights up <laughs> that's your five minutes it's like that's a, it's your five <laughs> minutes are up come on dad i don't want to go to bed yet um can you hear me out there is it good all right come here how you doing Aaron? doing great what's up dr creed the father in Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Is he a good dad or a bad dad? It's a long time ago I read that book. But you know the gist of it. Right? Yeah. First church, yeah. the cat dies, and he brings it back, and then his son dies. Then He's then bad because dies. he couldn't accept the finality of life and death. He's bad because he couldn't take care of a fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> good night. I love you. Good night. He says goodnight. Um, all right. So hit me. What do you think? Is he good? Is he good or bad? What do you say? I, 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 well, he obviously makes the crucial error of the book, which is never try and resurrect your son in unproven magic rituals. <laughs> like, so, so, but like he was led astray. He's got this neighbor who's like, hey, you want to see some cool shit? Let me show you this like resurrection pit. Oh, by the way, it goes Don't horribly wrong. <laughs> Don't ever use it. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's unfair. Come on. Well, that's fuckers. like I showed my kid my machete collection in the garage, and I was like, look how fucking cool this is. This one has a sword handle. This one has a serrated blade. And I was like, but you can't ever use this. That kid's going to use those machetes. <laughs> oh, my God. I have so many jokes right now. Oh, <clears throat> let's see. Let's think about it. I mean, obviously, it 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 kind of boils down to ends justify the means, right? Or, or, yeah. or that question, I guess I can understand the cat thing because if, if my son or daughter's beloved pet dies and you're like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? 
the worst that happens is that cat's evil, right? And he didn't even know that at that point. He didn't know there was an evil shit, right? He uh, knew it came back weird. Did he but know he it? Brought that back point? the cat, and that didn't work great. Correct. Like, but I, I can't fault him too hard up until that point. Because, well, like, in his mind, though, okay, what happens if I bring my kid back? They're a little stinky. Yeah, that's enough for me. That's good. I'm good. My kid sneak. Uh, my kid stinks enough pre-death. Yeah, like I don't. So many boogers. Well, I guess it's like. <laughs> I guess it's like you know the the idea behind the book. It's right. It's an exploration of grief. This is a father who is not thinking rationally. Yeah, exactly. Per se, you know, and I guess it's like one of those things. Given that that forbidden temptation of literal black magic that could possibly erase some of this hurt and some of this guilt and you know bring some of it back could you do it i mean i think you and i are like no we wouldn't do that but i guess that's like what everybody says before they get into an abusive relationship or before they take a stupid job that they know is going to be bad yeah. you know what i mean like i mean obviously it's like you said the best monsters are real things dressed up in monster clothing right that's what this is um but here's no, I think a, ultimately it's irresponsible. <laughs> here's an interesting perspective of that, though. Let me ask you this. We've never seen like a third person movie where they're like, oh, my God, Becky's kid died. That's awful. We went to the funeral. And then like two weeks later, they're like, kid's back. Here he is. Smelly and then, Becky was back in school. <laughs> right. And then how does this how does the public deal with this resurrected stinky kid right. who's kind of evil? <laughs> So, yeah, it's always like, what what did you think was going to happen the next day? Yeah. You know, it's always like, I always think that, like, for revenge murders and stuff like that, it was like, this, you know, one spouse or one significant other does some crazy heinous public shit to the other one, and they murder them. And you're like, what did you think? And it's not, some of it's not a crime of passion. Crime of passion you get. But some of it, both on Dateline and in a fictional movie, you're like... What did you think was going to happen the next day when they were like, hey, your wife threw something at you in the middle of this restaurant last night and now she's murdered? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And she fell out of a plane. What? Like, how does this? Um, Here's a quick aside, because we're the Launchpad podcast and we can't stay on topic for sure. My wife brought this up. We were listening to a murder podcast and they were like, she took out an 80. The, the character in the podcast took out an 80 million dollar life insurance pod. Uh, policy on her husband who she then murdered and tried to collect the policy <clears throat> i just got life insurance they were brutal with hey you got to go to the doctor hey we need your fucking blood hey we need yeah. like parts of you to make sure you're not sick so we can insure you how did somebody just go get 80 million dollars insured on somebody like i had to jump through hoops of fire and this person was just like yep yep and then killed them like how do you get that done? I had to take I had to be interviewed to get a life insurance policy. How is how are people doing this to kill people for the money? I'd love to know for a friend. It's weird because on Kate's <laughs> on, on your wife Kate's podcast, she said the same, you know, the same story, but her point of view. And she said they asked her one question or two questions. They said, Are you gonna kill your husband? And she was like, No. no. And they were like, Really? And she was like, No. And they're like, Okay, check, check, sign <laughs> off. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, probably not. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, Pet, I'm Pet going Cemetery bad. is a bad, bad dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bad dad. He's a bad dad on my list too. But it's 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 a funny gray area of like he had good intentions, but you know what? It's almost and I can I I got a segue here that I could use. Yeah, let's do a segue. Yeah. It's almost like when you watch a revenge movie, 
when you watch a revenge movie, you're like, yeah, if anybody ever took my wife or took, you know, hurt my kid or, or messed, you know, home invaded my home, I would go out and get a gun and an ax and do all this shit. And it's like, you really can't, like, I don't know if you could do that, but you can certainly see yourself doing that. And I think you could do that with Creed and Pet Cemetery. but fuck yeah, I'd Liam Neeson that shit. Speaking of Liam Neeson, we got uh, Brian Mills from Taken. I think he is a notable father, whether you think he's a good father or a bad father. Someone takes his daughter and he just fucking shoots kneecaps and breaks fingers all the way until he busts up a sex ring to find his daughter. Can we stop and appreciate that transition? I know we're so smooth at it, but it's not a smooth transition until we like call Noted. attention to it. Yeah. I threw that ball up in the air and you just grabbed it and slammed on you. Just, yeah. yeah, speaking of Liam Neeson, and then you hung on the rim swinging. Just it was like, pretty good. Oh, that was a great That's transition. good. That's good fathering right there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, no, what do you yeah. think? Is it is it a, is it a good dad uh, quality to take revenge into your is, hand? Taken yeah. one is great dad. Taken two and three, bad dad. Bad dad. You were a good dad until you let it happen two more times. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Just saying. I mean, he's badass. And the, my favorite thing about that, like that's a good movie. I think. Uh, the fight scenes and, and chase scenes and everything are orchestrated and choreographed well. The best thing is he shoots an innocent woman, the wife of a guy he suspects to be part of a conspiracy. He shoots her in the kneecap to let them know he's serious. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a great move because like he didn't kill her. He didn't torture her. But everybody in that room suddenly knew you need to tell me what I need to know right now or this is going to get worse. Like that was just my, my wake up call to you. That's yeah. just so you knew where we stood. Right. And I feel like at that point, you're like, like if you were that guy, that French inspector or whoever wife that he got shot, I'm immediately like, okay, I can either not tell you what you want to know and see what happens, or this could be as bad as it gets. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's, what's the opposite of anti up? I don't know, play cards. Quit. I'm going to quit right now. I'm going to fold in my dick. Fold, fold. <laughs> I'm going to fold. Yeah, that's it. You're like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of this game. I'm, I'm done. So I think that's, Great. I mean, we, I think we all have that feeling when we watch those, those movies, specifically that type of thing where they fuck oh, with your family, right? Fuck with your family. Like, I think it is an, it, I never had the feeling, you know, there was fuck with my girlfriend. I'll, I'll, I'll fight you back. Sure. Now that I have a kid, fuck with my kid. And I will slaughter nations. Right. Like shooting a kneecap seems easy. Like I have no problem. Easy. Like how how many, how many do I need to kill? I will, I like Rambo ain't got shit. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Like it's crazy, right? The fury of a dad makes you think stupid. Like immediately I Mm. have these, like I, I was never one to get in fights ever i was always the one to be like oh hey everybody let's back the fuck up yeah. we're not fighting you know th- th- we're not getting into physical altercation suddenly have a kid and you're like Who- whose neck do i need to step yeah like danger to my child suddenly has violent reaction like and you have to check yourself on that level where you're like no 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 i'm not fighting a dad in the costco parking lot because he bumped into my kid and she fell down like, did you ever have like, I'll be driving and someone will either super dangerously cut me off or I'll see them in my rear view flying up on me and they mm-hmm. pass me around by like inches. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what I like call they that? Change lane. What? I call that a butthole pass. Cause you sit, you're like, you tighten your butthole out of you. You're like, <laughs> oh, 
And when it happens to me, sit up three inches, man. I'm like, I should follow this guy and teach him what for. And then, but when Kent is in the car, I want to take, literally take him apart. And sometimes I honestly think about like making a show of it, like chasing him. But I'm like, it's like you said, make you think stupid. You're like, no, because your child is in your car. You can't chase some asshole. I can't chase you assholes know? right now. <laughs> Not only is that the wrong lesson, but it's more dangerous, right? But yeah, you're right. It makes you think stupid. Makes but you I think act everybody, so stupid. I didn't see when I saw Taken. I didn't have a kid. Same with you, right? You didn't yeah. have kids when you saw Taken, but we could yeah. fantasize what that would be like. We can horrifying 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 worst nightmare like taken suddenly hits way different um not that i've watched it recently but i'm sure that movie hits different um here's a question since we're at it now that you have a kid when you watch things does child endangerment or like child murder we love child murder movies does it hit different now you're not a big yes yeah and i think I i think we've talked about it before but i don't know how at length i think we did there was a movie that came out a couple years ago called called no escape starring I hate Owen, that fucking guy, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. Throw and, the kid uh, off the roof. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. The throw the kid off the roof scene. I didn't. I don't even think I had Kent yet. Amanda might have been pregnant, but I was teaching. And it's like, if you guys haven't seen it, it's like a family is on vacation in an unnamed country and there's a coup, a bloody coup. And they're literally going to hotels, like the cooers are going to the hotels and just <laughs> slaughtering <laughs> everybody. The cooers. It's like, <laughs> it's terrifying. And they're just killing people for no reason and these this family is white americans in a definitely not white american place and they're in a hotel and they have to like escape these gangs you know these militia rolling around killing everybody and they're just slaughtering people and it follows this family and they're hiding and you're hiding with them and they get to the roof and when they get to the roof there's a helicopter strafing them and they end up having to jump from one roof to another in one scene And the mom jumps first and she's like, throw me the kid, throw me the kid. And the dad goes to throw the kid and the kid grabs his arm and she's screaming, crying. And because he went to throw her and she grabbed his arm, she almost pulls them both off the roof. So he takes off his belt and belts her arms to her sides like a package. So she can't do anything as he throws her across. And that might be one of the more not one no it definitely was one of the more but it may have been the most difficult scene i've ever had to watch and that's saying a lot now that's a movie that and like tell me if you have this i'm almost afraid to watch that movie it might be too much i bought it because it was so powerful and have such mm. impact on me but i honestly i don't know that i could watch it again just for that one scene alone so the other day we had donuts with dad where Early in the morning, you go to Sammy's school and you sit down and eat donuts with her. And when she realized I was there, she came out of the door. Daddy, yeah. We ate donuts together. We played on the playground. I get to meet dads in the school and, you know, we're having a good time. It's time to go. And Mm -hmm. she's getting a sunburn. I'm like, she's getting a sunburn. We should take her inside. And they pick her up. She's in my arms and they Mm -hmm. take her and she starts screaming. No. Oh, my God. No. In a trusted person's arms, my child is reaching for me and screaming, mm-hmm. no, daddy. And I'm like, should I kill everybody here? What's happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it welled up where it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I never want to be in that situation. And she, we just had donuts. Like, and that was so like, I went to my car and was like, should I ball for an hour? Right. Or should I go to work? <laughs> I, I am toward. 
should I go break into the school and steal mm-hmm. my daughter back and save her? No, none of that. Like, it, like makes you think so stupid, so stupid. Cause you're like, no, she's fine. I trust those people. Right. She loves those people. Normally, like in the morning, like you're like, bye. And she's like, she can't even say bye to you. She's like, wing, zing, hi. <laughs> yeah, off to have fun with her teachers. But just because we had been having fun and now it's time for me to go. And she's screaming, no, daddy. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. Like <laughs> my eyes turn green and I'm like, no, calm down, calm down. <laughs> it's definitely, you're right. It's, it's changed. I was watching, I was just telling my dad, I was been watching seamless transition, breaking bad <clears throat> for the umpteenth time. I've seen it. I don't know. Five times. This is the first time I think I've seen it since I've had Kent and I hate Walter White. I like him as a character. He's complex. I understand rooting for the villain and how many movies have we seen and loved where the villain or the main character is a villain. He is the, protagonist but he's a bad character but you still want him to succeed slash fail right this is the first time i'm watching it where i'm like he's fucking lying to his wife he's lying right to her face he's lying to his children's face he you know and not just murdering murdering is murdering but like he's looking his wife in the face and lying to her about multiple 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 things both small and big all of them having real big ramifications. But like for that, I really am despising him as a man, you know, and it's kind of ruining my take on the show because you need me, the audience to want Walter White to succeed. Otherwise every episode is a trial. Right. And I just can't, I can't, I'm having trouble doing it. And I think it's because of where I am with my family right now, where I would never, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be like a fucking meth cook and everything like i wouldn't have a second cell phone there are days where no joke i don't buy enough special treats like a cookie that i saw or whatever for me and Anna to share and i'll hide that shit and i'll feel like i'm cheating on her like i feel like like i am a heel i hate yeah i i don't like cheaters in movies i don't like liars in movies but here let me ask you something again let's stray from the suspect <laughs> uh where do you land on santa claus Right on his belly. Booey. <laughs> um, where do I land on him as far as telling you, the kids about Santa Claus? Are is is Kent like believing in Santa Claus? Are yeah. you lying to your child about a yeah. magic man who you are? You're doing it? Definitely. Yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell her that it's real. Go get her. I'm we are saying there is a thing called Santa Claus. We're not saying there isn't a character, mm-hmm. but that bike came from dad. Rick, sure. straight up. And if you want to believe that Santa got you something, that's a fun game we can play. Just like we play any other games. There's lots of, they understand imagination. And I don't think if you present something as imagination and excitement, Mickey Mouse is a fun character. Disneyland is magical. Christmas can be magical. Santa Claus can be magical. He's just Mickey Mouse. It's not something that I want them. I don't want to lie to my kid about magic. Because magic isn't real. And the magic that is real is what you've created with your imagination and the things that are fun. Because, and it's also like a big, like, big brother surveillance state. Like, they can believe in it all they want. But the second they're like, is he real? It's like, what do you think? Uh, That doesn't seem real to me. That's smart. But we can have fun, right? And everyone can have fun. And we can say that, you know, things, things are magic and things are real because you don't want to take away the fun of it. Because I think there's a big difference between lying to your kid over and over again to try and protect this idea of like innocence and magic and the idea of, oh, well, if this isn't real, 
then none of it is. And, and then this and that. And, you know, again, I'm not raising my kid religious. So it's kind of hard to say, well, Jesus this magic- is going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Enough people about are all of this. Yeah. Enough people are already pissed. <laughs> he and Santa Claus are tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's going to be tricky. But like, I, I do think it's important not to lie to your kids, especially about magic, because they're going to find out real hard that magic isn't real and the world is not a magical, fun place. <laughs> it's true. And I agree with that. I like the funness of it. And I think like have it fun. becomes it becomes to a they place where fun. like, I don't want to lie. I mean, technically, I'm not telling the truth, so I'm lying. But if I think there's going to be a day where he looks at me and it's like, Dad, is Santa Claus real or fake? And I don't know if that day I can continue stuff. Like I can't keep pushing it. If he's questioning it, I think, and that's what I do. Like, cause I, you know, I'm with five and six year olds. Some of them say that. And I'll always be like, I've never seen him, but I believe in him. Cause I think that's like, it's kind of a gray area where I'm not saying yes. And I'm not saying no, but I'll say a lot of people believe this. Some people believe that. What do you think? What do you believe? That is, that's, that's the key. That's the key is don't, support the lie but you don't have to tear them down and if my kid's like i believe in santa claus he's magic and he's real okay great but if you are asking me what is real but you know you don't have to you don't have to enforce it and that's the thing is is i grew up with like reindeer hoof prints on my roof literally mm-hmm. boot prints coming out of my out of my uh out of, out of the out of the fireplace Chimney. And like, I always appreciated that as a kid and I appreciate as an adult. I know my mom's listening. She's like, oh no, I ruined him. No, no, it's totally fine. But like, that's something that I'm going to change and do differently. And if we have that fun, be like, how do you think those got there? It's like, daddy, did you get on the roof? Maybe. (laughs) I just wish as much as I love you as a brother and respect your opinion as a human, I wish we lived close enough for me to just fuck with your whole family. I would just put roof prints all over your house. I would sneak in there and put some coal around. Oh, that would be great. You know what would be really fucked up, though? Because I wish that all that shit was real. I'd be like, oh, my God, Santa Claus is here. Like, you'd show up. You'd send some fat ass in a suit to my house. And I'd be like, Santa! And my kid's like, and uh, then you would a- have to kill him just to keep your lie safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, scooting back towards the topic a little bit, Walter White, good father, bad father. I think Piece it's good, but I never yeah. liked that show in the first place because I thought the writing was half. Oh, that's but- right. You don't like it. I love it. But I know everyone's like, has a biggest fucking boner for, for the. Breaking Bad, but they use they use contrived coincidence sure. as a trope, and they do it on purpose. They wink at you when they do it, and that pisses me off. You know that's a shitty way to get in and out of scenes. You know that's a shitty way to get in and out of situations. You know that's a shitty way to drive your plot. Fuck you. Well, let's do this. If you had a bad health condition, and you were very sure that you were not long on this earth, and you could, I won't even say make crystal meth, but you had a, a specific skill that could lend itself to something uniquely illegal. <laughs> I start turning tricks. I start turning tricks. Guys, if anybody's listening and not watching the YouTube, please at least go watch this part of the conversation because Aaron just made a gesture that was extremely well-timed and executed. <laughs> Just real chawing down on some jerky there. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I, I guess you'd be like, well, I guess. <laughs> If, if it'll help my family, knuckles crack, lick your lips. <laughs> uh, I mean, look. Here's the thing. The, the <laughs> well, here, but here's the thing. Let's whatever the yeah. thing is. You 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 could do whatever you're going to be, like a drug dealer or a murderer or whatever. Would you do it? And if so, would you not tell Kate? And like, think about the ramifications of that. Look, the setup for Breaking Bad is perfect. Yeah. Yes, you suddenly have a way where you're like. We could. I. I'm a good scientist. I'm. I'm a good trick turner. I could make a quick, easy money to pay for my cancer treatment. His heart is in the right place. The problem is, is when he's like, "Oh, I don't need to do this anymore," but I'm fucking good at it, so I'm going to keep doing it mm-hmm. and fuck my family. They don't deserve how awesome I am, but I also can't show them how awesome I am because I am hung up on that shit for some reason. Because I got this dumb hat. And because her brother's the fucking cop that's hunting me. Coincidence. (laughs) I think it's weird because stupid. I would want to, like I just said before about like I fucking hide Reese's pieces and I feel like I'm lying to my wife. And like, honestly, it's tough. Not that I don't do it. There's Reese's pieces up in the cabinet right now. But yeah, bro. Um, I feel like on the one hand, it's like the watchman conundrum at the end, right? Like on the one hand, I want to be transparent and I want to do what is unequivocally the right thing and tell the truth. But on the other hand, by doing that, she is now an accessory, which means if it all goes tits up, she is in trouble as much as me and she can be harmed just as much by what I was trying to do is good. So it is really literally a double edged sword. So like that would be something that I don't like, I don't even know if I can answer that hypothetical without really. Yeah, but we saw the way where it ended better. Like weeds worked better than like weeds was. uh, It's it's a mom decides to sell weed because yeah, I know what it is. Exactly. She have a hat. Uh, She wishes. (laughs) Um, But that was a good show. But like, it you know you you would do anything for your family, and yeah, I'd probably sell meth if it meant like that was what I had to do. But I wouldn't get caught up in the game, just like every rapper said. But let's just say at the beginning, like just for season one, when he's tripping over himself, would you tell Kate, you think? Or you think you would? Yeah. You would? Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. What that, if she said, I don't want you to do that? You wouldn't do it? We might. That's, you know, that's a different hypothetical. Damn. That's a different hypothetical. Like, like, look, you know, telling her about it at least gets her in on the plan. So she can go, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, let's sell meth. My wife is a great, great at accounting. And she could be like, I can run that money. Let's get us a, she would be first one to be like, okay, here's the place we need to launder money. We're going to get a tanning bed. All right. We're going to open up a tanning salon. Like she would know what to do to launder the money better. I know to go to my wife for shady shit. Why does what she know so like, much shady shit? Cause she's been in, she's worked in accounting for companies. <laughs> no here's the thing you and we listen to enough true crime podcasts <laughs> yeah. she'd also be like i also need you to get an 80 million dollar life insurance <laughs> policy um but like if she was like no 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 i'm not down with that she would be like but here's what you are gonna do and she would have a better mm. idea to get around it like the thing is is he was too much of a coward to talk to his family like adults to get around the situations hey we don't have money what are we gonna do and they were all wieners. Every single one of them were wieners. Like, they're just, oh, God. Ugh, I hate that show. Anyway. <laughs> because every time when he's lying to them, it's just so aggravating because you're like, just talk to them. And then she's being a 
total jackass about things. You know, just, just everybody in the room needs to talk to each other and just have like a talking ha- pillow. Have a have a have a knockdown drag out fight and get it out in the open. And then everybody goes, you know what? Sorry, we yelled, but here's the situation. And we get over it. That's what you got to do. Conversations are uncomfortable, but just like yell at each other a little bit and you'll be fine. Come on. The lesson here that that we're teaching you for your your love life and your family life. Talking can be hard unless you yell. Unless you yeah. louder conversations are always better. We agree though that he's if we're talking about um well known and famous fathers, he's gotta be on the list, right? Love him or hate him. Yeah, good one. Good one, Ruby. What about That's a good pick? What about and I I know I'm taking a couple in a row, but the transitions just keep coming. What about <laughs> Brian Cranston in Malcolm in the Middle playing Great Hal? Dad. Great dad. And awesome, here's right? here's one of my favorites. Here's here's one of my favorite examples. All right. The idiot dad is a trope. Homer, mm-hmm. Peter Griffin, yeah. American dad. The idiot dad dad is a trope. Good or bad fathers. The idiot dad is a trope. Brian Cranston in Malcolm in the Middle, he's an idiot, but he still is realistic enough to be a good dad and like do things that help his family and not be constantly like moronic. Like he's not sure. stuck. Sometimes he rises out of like the the the, the middle. Because Malcolm mm-hmm. in the Middle isn't just about the middle child. It's about them just living in mediocrity their entire lives. And like sometimes the dad has great ideas and sometimes he has stupid ideas. And they deal with those as they come. And I love Malcolm. I love Malcolm in the Middle. It's one of my favorite shows from that era. And, and he plays a great character. And yeah. um, that character always, like you said, like Peter Griffin, Homer Simpson, uh, they're not bagging on the characters. They're funny characters when you watch those shows. However, they are both very stubborn and selfish. Yeah. Hal loves his family. And in yep. so many episodes will sacrifice something huge for one or more members of his family mm. and he also like that family is kind of like the bob's burgers family oh where yeah that's they my will next st- one yeah they will stick go right together bob's burgers. we are transitioning like motherfuckers tonight um interesting that we're motherfuckers on the father's day episode <laughs> yeah yeah but like i think you know th- that whole family the bob's burgers family and 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 the malcolm's family they will bicker in and amongst themselves but if there's ever an outside force they unify against that and they're always together. It does like Hal and his wife will always bicker and fight each other. Lois, they'll always fight. But if they need to do something for the kids, they're a team. If they come down on the kids, they're a team. If they come down on the neighbors, they're a team. And I think there's something really endearing about that. And also he is not a moron. It's almost like he is, um, um, ignorant and almost like um innocent in some of the he's, things he's he really does innocent, yeah. where and that just makes him endearing whereas like homer and and peter griffin you roll your eyes at like oh what an asshole how you don't usually call an asshole you love him even with his foibles because he is cute in what he's doing and it usually comes from a good place you know but yeah i think that's, Whereas Bob's Burgers, Bob's Belcher, crossed that line for me, and he needs to get a fucking divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, but because well, Bob's transition Burgers, to Bob's, this guy sacrifices so fucking much, and his family sucks so bad. They're hilarious. I mean, <laughs> fuck, they're funny. Oh my god, I oh, uh, they're so funny, and 
it's just and, and it's not even not even Linda's fault. She's a good wife. She's supportive. But if I had an Aunt Gail, sorry, sorry, <laughs> family's off. See, you, I'll see you on weekends. Like if Kate, if Kate, if Kate had a, a sister, Gail, you'd be out. I can't watch Aunt Gail episodes. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even in your actual family. Yeah, I can't. I can't handle her. I can't handle Aunt Gail. I can't handle how the family ruins everything that Bob wants to do so much, so much. It's just like, you know what? You should pour everything you do into work, Bob. Bob, this is what I'm saying. Bob, take my advice. Pour everything you have to into work until your family leaves you because fuck. And on purpose. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> they suck. And it's like, if you could get rid of the kids and just keep your wife, that'd be cool. But like, she comes with Aunt Gail. So damn, I don't know what to tell you, bro. So you think he's a really good character and a good father, but he just has a shit family that brings him yeah. down? Yeah. Oh, he would be so successful without any of them. And like, again, if it was just him and Linda, it'd be fine. But the kids suck. The kids actively try and fuck their dad up. And that is like, oh my God, it drives me so nuts. Oh, and then, and then just the, the rest with of the, nothing. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the, the and oh, maybe one of the kids, <laughs> you could probably handle Tina, uh, but like <laughs> the three kids on top of all of it, like the dude hasn't had a good, like, look, I spent all weekend doing bitch and grilling. Okay. I've dr- grilled a tomahawk steak and then I smoked a, a tri-tip today. He can never get his own turkey smoked for yeah. Thanksgiving every time. And it's like one episode. You're like, that's funny. By the time it happens every season, I'm like, kill your family. Take out, take out an $80 million life insurance policy first. Cause apparently it's easy. Kill your family. Then, uh, you know, have a thing. That would be a good episode to do a um, pet cemetery parody where yes. like all the kids die. And then, he's doing his own thing and then his wife resurrects the kids and he's like, no, what are you doing? It was so nice here this week. What are you doing? <laughs> that would happen. That's exactly how that show would go. And I'd be like, ah, the show drives me nuts. Cause you're just like, I just want him to be, I just want him to have the one thing that he wants. He's like, I want to get this delicious mushroom that I've been growing for years, but my kids are ruining it. And like, being assholes and Gene <laughs> farted on it and, and I have one kid who's a maniacal asshole and the other one's just shy. Again, like I said, Tina and Tina and, and um is okay, but the other two are just psychopaths. <laughs> uh, uh you wanna do a psycho uh, a psychopath transition? Yeah, you got one? Yeah, who you have any psychopaths on your list? Sure do, buddy. I got the worst dad of all moviedom. No, I have the worst dad. Do you have, is the one you're talking about from a Stephen King book? Movie? Sure is, yeah, 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 yeah. I got one worse than that, but let's talk about that one too. Okay, is, we'll start is with you, Is yours a, uh, here's Johnny. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Jack he Torrance. has to go on the list. That was the first person I thought of. Jack Torrance is a terrible dad. Um, well... <laughs> Okay, in the book, it's not his fault. No, in the in the movie, he's a piece of shit alcoholic, and the house knows it before he even shows up. Like he's a piece of shit before he gets there because he abuses his kid and his wife, and he's an alcoholic. And by the time he gets to the hotel, it preys on those um, faults of his and amplifies them to uh, murderous levels. In the book, he's like, "I'm a good dad," and then the house shows up and fucks him into murdering his family. No, but he still did. In the book, he was still a quote-unquote ex-alcoholic who broke his son's arm, right? 
That I don't remember. Was, I don't remember if yeah, they had that part. I'm they pretty did. sure it was all the same. Well, yeah. So he's kind of uh, yeah. No, he's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of him going into a a place that he knows will test his limits and his discipline, right? Although they tell him there's no alcohol on site, which is one of his main demons, so he thinks that that's omitted from the get go, right? But um, I think the book does a better job of making him kind of flounder throughout. Whereas in the movie, he just steadily gets more crazy, which is kind of more entertaining as a piece to watch. But in the book, he's trying to hold back. He's trying to stay sane and to stay good in the, in the movie. He kind of just falls into the, the craziness and evilness, but either way, I mean, how can you not include that list, that dad on a list of memorable dads, right? I mean, so many things he does are fucking creepy. The scene in the movie that's my favorite moment of creepy dadness woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> is when Danny goes up into the room to like get his truck or something and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I love you and your mom, mm-hmm. Danny. I love you. I love you so much. This is great, right? We're having fun. It's fun here, right? And the kid's like, yep, sure thing, dad. But like, and he literally says, you would never hurt me and mom, would you, dad? And it's like, can you imagine if Sammy ever asked you that? Who? That's got to be like a number one sign that something is going wrong. You need to change something, right? It's like last week at Donuts to Dad, you got <laughs> pretty riled up when I had to go back to class. You would never. Would, never hurt hurt. My- <laughs> would you? And he says, would you, Dad? And I remember being like, oh, my God, I can't imagine anybody asking me that question, especially a kid. That scene is the scariest, one of the scariest scenes to me, because on paper, everything he says is is, is nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love your mom. I, you were having a good time, aren't we, Chan? Mm-hmm. But the way he says it, and he's like creepy and he like won't let the kid go. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the most uncomfortable, awful moment ever. And it's so scary. And it's daylight. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of those moments where like horror in the daylight is so much scarier when done right. Yeah, I think that's that's true, too. And again, going back to the point that I that you've brought up many times and I mentioned before about making a monster a a uh, an analogy or a metaphor for something that's an actual monster an actual demon on someone's back a lot of both the book and the movie specifically the movie is him getting mad at Wendy and Danny for not taking his responsibility as the caretaker seriously and how many families get fucked up by work right where the dad is no, like no, no, i no, need no, to no, go no, to no, work no, no, no. Not taking him wanting to write a book seriously because they are taking Wendy is taking the caretaker stuff seriously. She is checking in. She's She's doing doing stuff. She's doing stuff. And I mean, how many movies have we seen Trumbo about another Cranston about writers who get fucking pissed at their families for, um, interrupting their writing like mm-hmm. writers are notorious for being shitheads because they don't want to be interrupted because they're trying to it's like trying to say the abcs and every time you get to the third letter somebody's like hey you got you want something you want some coffee it's like yeah, I'm just trying to get this sentence so notorious so they are not taking his desire to write a book seriously because he's been trying to write a book forever and he sucks at it 
Yeah, you should not have a family if you're trying to do anything. <laughs> if you have some sort of plans, having kids and a wife is not going to really help those plans. Yeah, and if your yeah. plans are having a kid and a wife, then great. But if your plan was to go to the splash pad and blow up kiddie pools, guess what, buddy? Yeah. I got the gig for you. Dude, I can't even read a fucking book, let alone run a hotel and write a book. <laughs> I can't keep my own house, not in the snow, <laughs> not in a remote place. With I topiaries that stay where they are. Stay all the where time. they are. I have to trim those bushes like once a week, and doing that is very <laughs> difficult. And there's no snow, and there's no demons. It's a hard thing to do, but I get it done. There's I don't no kill demons. my family. <laughs> I only have one little girl standing at the end of the hallway, and it's still crazy. It's still crazy. Uh, yeah, but she's like, "Come play with me," and I'm like. You know what? The bushes could wait. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that seems like a better thing than what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I love it. I that's that's a movie. That's one of those movies I could watch every year. I think mm, I you know, Shining. It's yeah. it's really good. So fucking creepy. Um, can well, I talk okay. about the best dad on my list? My favorite dad on the list. Uh-huh. Maybe not. Maybe not the best. Gomez Adams. Interesting. I didn't put him on my list, but I did think about it. Raul Julia in the Adams Family movie, which I don't know if this movie is underrated, but every time I watch it, I'm like, this movie's so fucking good. Yeah, fair. To take the property that they took, like a a, a single panel comic and a old like 50s goofy TV show and to update it grittily, but not overdo it in a way that like felt cheesy or ham-fisted, like in the later remakes and reboots and cartoons and TV shows, like there's just something about it that doesn't hit right. Cause they're like trying too hard or something. The one that Raul Julia was even Adam's family values, not as good, but again, it's the ghostbusters too. The first one's I think a masterpiece and mm-hmm. the second one is fine, but not great. Um, he's such a good dad. He loves his family. He's obsessed with his wife and he supports his kids to be as creepy and weird as they want to be. And I love that. I love that. I think, I think Gomez Adams is like one of the best dads that we've seen in cinema because he defends his family. He supports his family and he just, he's doting like doting on them and is obsessed with them. And I think that's, that's something is pretty cool. And if you have a super hot, creepy ass wife who you could stay intimate with that long, doing something right and he owns he has a train collection and somehow his hot wife is still interested in him i've never i've never cracked that code no it's definitely like so how did you guys meet (laughs) i've i've met plenty of couples like that and the story's never good but you know like good for you guys good good for you guys you want to hear a terrible do you want to hear a terrible story what what do you say just the train, the train collection. That's a good joke. Yeah, he's cool. Like you could hang out with him. Like if all these dads are mentioning, Gomez would be a cool one to like chill with. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have a miniature train um, plot. I guess a plan. If I were to ever make a miniature train to that scale, this is what I would want to do. I want to want it to be quadranted. So. It starts out with like a choo-choo train. And as it goes through the tunnel, the, the steam engine goes into the tunnel, but then a more modern train comes out of the tunnel. And as that train goes around, the buildings change. And so your table 
of your miniature train progresses into futurism. So by the end, you have a flying train that goes into a, a floating tunnel and then comes back out as the choo-choo train, the steam engine, and starts over again. And it would do it because you have to time it perfectly. So inside the tunnel, the train goes under the table and does a perfect loop timed to when it comes out again. So then the train comes out and each one of the tunnels has to match that. And you would need three levels of tunnels and then an air multiple, maglev. Multiple levels. Yeah. Multiple levels of tunnel. But I think I'm, not that, I'm is- not that nerdy, so I'm not going to do that. The concept of Santa Claus is easier to buy than what you just explained. <laughs> Dude, so uh, at the Children's Museum, there's a massive miniature train set up. Literally one whole- decade. Gross. Yeah. 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 They, you guys are idiots. You got multiple tables for different decades of trains. I'm saying stack that shit together so you can get all your models going at the same time. Brilliant. It is a good idea, and it would look bitching. It would look bitching, but again, um, I don't have the time, and I'm not that nerdy, and I like to get laid, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not going to do that. <laughs> it's even funny because, like, the train going into a tunnel is like such a visual reference to sex, yet never leads that way in real life. No one who has ever worn a conductor hat. <laughs> I take that back. I take that back. Somebody's probably got. No, <laughs> you could wear it when you're like six or younger. If you wear a conductor hat at any point over the age of six, nope. Choo-choo. All aboard the train to Lonely Town. <laughs> Population, my hand. <laughs> Driving that train mm. high on cocaine. <sighs> All right, I got the worst one. All the right, worst dad. Worst. I think we might be able to find a better one, but without even exploring it, uh, Noah Cross from Chinatown. Jack Nicholson's Chinatown. That move. That that movie. Correct, but not Jack Nicholson. The bad guy. The end. He's my father. He's my sister's dad, and also my lover. The dad. Yeah, he's Have a bad you not dude. seen the movie? You son of a bitch. We were supposed to watch it in college, um, but I only Wait, watched the s- scene where she slapped him around, and then I watched the scene where he gets stabbed in the nose. and the- He slaps her around. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what it is? He slaps her around because she's a child of incest or some shit, and then uh, he gets his nose chopped up. That, you know, I saw the movie. Other way around. At the end, you like it's a whole like conspiracy. He's trying to figure out this water mystery about who has this, who's controlling the water in the city and, you know, blah, 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 working against this damn yeah, company. It's blah, my blah, brother. Blah. It's my father. It's my it's, brother and my father. She's, she says she's my daughter. She's my sister oh, because yeah. her sister and there's like, they start to figure out it's this person's dad is involved, but they can't find the dad. The main character who's the actress. I can't remember who she is now. It's her father had a child with his daughter. Yeah. So she's my daughter. She's my sister. She's my daughter. She's my daughter and my sister. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the father. That's the part I've seen. Yeah. And then the nose getting cut up. Yeah. So her, her dad and the whole movie ends with them, the, the cop or not the cop, but the private investigator, Jack Nicholson being pulled away by his friend and being like, there's nothing you could do. It's Chinatown. And it's just like, we figured out this mystery. We know who the bad guy is and all the illegal shit he's been up to, but he's a powerful mogul. And even though not only all that shit incest, 
nothing we can do about it. And that's how the movie ends. No cross. Worst dad. So real. What's the word? Who's the worst dad? The dad in the mist. Couldn't wait five minutes. Is he on your list? Yeah. That's pretty good. Thomas Jane couldn't wait five minutes. That was one of the few times I've watched a movie or a you know a screen and liked the change that they made from the book because that's not how the book ended in the mist. How does the book end in the mist? They go to to this, to his house and he sees his dead wife and he doesn't let the kid in and he just keep they just keep driving so they leave it open ended whereas yeah. in the mist they end it which isn't as cool but it is such a huge end where you're like oh wow and then the army's like don't worry we're killing everything and he's like oh fuck oh I <laughs> worst dad <laughs> um, okay. he sucks uh, <clears throat> the dad in frailty he kind of sucks <laughs> oh yeah that's I like that one I like that's that a good one, one. Um, creep, creep show cake dad I got my birthday cake that's <laughs> happy father's day I like that one what about what about this is a big one that I'm sure we're avoiding because it's low-hanging fruit, but Vader? Yeah, I mean, absentee father of the year. <laughs> did you watch Did you watch Obi-Wan yet? Uh, I think I'm one episode behind. Like, I think this week's episode I still need to see. I'm, I'm a couple episodes behind, but, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm into it. And I think I like kind of the ideas that they're approaching about, like, living on the run and kind of the, the rebel <laughs> nature of it. That's fun. Uh yeah, Div, Vader's a sucky dad. Also, you didn't think to go check what your brother's doing? Come on. <laughs> well, I guess here's the question is take all of Vader's evil empire bullshit away. Just judge him based on father or absentee father nonsense. Right? I mean, I guess yep. the idea is he would try to kill his child or sway his children to the dark side, which is pretty much evil. So I guess that's pretty bad, right? I mean, in the corporate realm of things <laughs> making money evil good who knows i mean if you're in charge it's not evil like right. evil empire is only evil when people are like hey we don't like so the that. rebellion right yeah yeah and they're not <laughs> the, doing that great although like the em- i gotta think the emperor like he talks about bringing peace to the galaxy it's gotta be like nazism where you're like you gotta know you're the bad guy like even if you believe in what you're doing, I guess more power to you and your establishment. But you gotta know you're the bad guy. Right? This is this is the only problem with the villains of Star Wars is they're obviously evil and they relish in it. Like they're all pasty white, evil-eyed motherfuckers with like yellow. I swear to God, yellow eyes. You know there is no there is no gray area in it. If they mm. if they were normal people who are like no we're tr- this is we have a vision for this and you fall in line or we kill you and that is the only way this works. And if you don't get in line, like we promise this will get better and we will bring peace. If you, like the 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 idea of goodness of of fascism, like the 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 good idea of fascism is in Star Wars, but all the fascists are. Like, you monster evil people Twirl, it's like, mustache twirling robot yeah, it's like it's like Nazis sorcerers thought they were the good guys they didn't look like monsters and it's like oh they are the biggest evil bad guys in the world that only works from hindsight and star wars is like we'll make them look like monsters and so you so you guys don't get confused and it's like i get it i get it thank you and it's true you know and 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 
they are monsters nazis in the empire they're monsters but like you could make that more of a gray area but then then sure. it loses some of the the pulp action of it which i get some of the newer stuff they try to make it a little bit more and yeah. i heard the emperor's reasonings of doing that was whether that's real reasoning or not was to kind of solidify and bring peace to the galaxy through order but it's his order but, yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> so do i have to like get as pasty as you to have order or what and like yeah, yeah i yeah, mean he, yeah. so anakin choked out the mother you know the mother of his children while she was pregnant right so i think that that it's definitely bad husbandry or not husbandry but bad husbanding yeah i yeah. think that counts as bad fathering yeah because the kids are in there yeah anakin's a piece of shit vader's a piece of shit Sucky dad. Sucky dad. Oh, deathbed deathbed confession doesn't work for you? At the end no. when he's like, oh, I killed the emperor at least. <laughs> so easy slaughtering you all those Jedi and everything. It is so easy when you don't have to live with the ramifications of your yeah. idiocy. He knew oh, he was going to get that, so that trip to Endor. Yeah. He was going to get that trip to Endor funeral pyre and he's like, that's all I got to deal with. Yeah. Ugh. So easy when you don't have to deal with it. Um, Eyes Without a Face, I brought this up before. It's a dad who keeps killing women and grafting their faces to his daughter to try and fix her messed up face, who he caused in a drunken car accident. I'm but saying thumbs up. Dad he's is a good dad. right there. Well, I mean, he's, he's trying to fix it. <laughs> um, cop dads in movies are usually generally terrible, just A, sure. because they're cops, and B, because they're dads. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street dad, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the cop? Nancy's dad? Nancy's dad, the cop, yeah, because yeah, she's like, be over here in 20 minutes. He's like, I can't count that long. He's like, God, so, give me a break. Yeah, he didn't show up in time. Uh, um, good dad, quiet place. Uh, John Kinski. I thought about that. Uh, he was good dad uh, in quiet place. But here's the other thing: good dads in movies die all the time. Yeah, always. That's true. Yeah, a we lot like of times they die. Those guys. Yeah, kill them. And what about uh, um, what do you dad got? and trained to Busan. Uh, he was a bad dad. Oh, that's a good one. Who then was a good dad to save his daughter. Um. All right. I like this. I had. Vito, are we doing a quick wrap up here? We yeah, just yeah, yeah. thrown Let's in some quick, special mentions. Vito Corleone, Don Vito Corleone from The Godfather. Damn good dad. Again, he's, I mean, I think he's a good dad for certain things, but I also, like, he's a notable dad. Um, he, you know, he thought Michael was a weak link and he tried to keep him away from the business. Once Michael came into the business, he came into the business hard and then he tried to protect him, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's a pretty important one. Um, I had Michael Sully from Road to Perdition. I really like that Ooh. story. That's one of my favorite father and son stories. That, that's one of my favorite comic books. And mm. the, the, I love the book so much. I love the book so much. And you know, the movie's fine, but the movie like got obsessed with this Jude Law character. That's, right. Don't need like, that. Yeah. What a waste. I need to reread the book because it's been a while, but I, I like that. You know, I so like, good. I like the larger than life image of the father, at least in the movie version, th told through the child's eyes. Because at the end, he's like, some people say he was a good man. Some say he was an evil man. He was just my father. And I like that idea from it. And the movie kind of shows that. But I like that he is, he's kind of both of those fantasy fathers we were talking about, he's the revenge for my family father, but also the, I will keep my child safe, you know, lone wolf and cub, no matter what. This father. is the first time I've ever seen, uh, 
Road to Perdition as a lone wolf and cub analogy. Same and as I was right. like, literally when I just said that, oh, and I was like, oh, actually. And if you think about shit. it, he's yeah. playing both of those roles, right? Because he's axing yeah. all these people that fucked him, and he's taking down this establishment that crossed him on a personal level it, while keeping his son safe. You know, it's straight up lone wolf and cub. Just the yeah. kid isn't a badass too. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, Ogami Ito is on my list from Lone Wolf mm. and Cub, but again, he's a terrible father, but he saved his kid. He didn't kill his kid, so cool, but like now the kid's like, my soul and my father's soul are on the road to hell, and you're like, damn, that's heavy as shit, dude. What about um, Daniel Hillard from Mrs. Doubtfire? That's a good dad. <sighs> yeah, that's, um, no? that's a dad who's putting in a lot of effort, which... <laughs> A Why lot do you say of that effort. down your nose? You're saying that like that's not good. No, I'm being just. I'm just being real careful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to treat Mrs. Doubtfire anymore. That movie's that movie is was might be hysterical, but I don't. I don't know if that movie flies anymore. <laughs> I think that movie is good. Hang on, I might have a family thing. I I thought the movie was hysterical. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, you know, I thought it was good when it when it came out. I laughed real hard. But again, nowadays it's like I don't know if it holds up. I don't know if it's appropriate. Um, could be weird. No, I because it's a it's a it's a sitcom. It's like dating two girls at the same restaurant. Like it's not real. Um, well, yeah, exactly, it's not real. I but think, I think it, it, again, in a world where the Mrs. Could Doubtfire do that, isn't trans, first of all, like that's right. one thing to say. He's so, just doing it as a cover. It's the same yeah. thing as if he lied on the phone to get a job. He's, I think, first of all, hilarious. Second what about of all, what about Tobias Funke? Terrible dad. <laughs> Hearts in the right place sometimes. <laughs> Mrs. Is he on your list? Did that just come up? It just came up because of Mrs. Featherbottom. Put a banger in your mouth. <laughs> you were just doing that. Well, Amanda watched uh, Amanda watched Mary Poppins with our boy the other day, and I was like doing dishes, and while I was Mary Poppinsing while they were watching it, and I just kept singing um, his version in the most delightful way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire's trying real hard, but again, fucked up, fucked up hard. Because again, didn't bring your family in on the joke. I guess, yeah. I mean, Ugh, selling math, fun. dressing up fun. as a British nanny. They should do a combination, Mr. Mrs. Doubtfire, Breaking Brad, Breaking Doubtfire. That would be awesome, right? <laughs> if I'm going to choose a symbol, that's, that's not, that's, that's Dr. Manhattan. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, I am the one who knocks. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. There's good shit. I don't care what color it is. Blue, yellow. Oh, it's blue. <laughs> Hysterical. Oh, my God. We're doing some good mashups on this night, for sure. <laughs> um, so, a man is texting me, I can't handle this. Come help. And I don't know what it's about. So, I got one more that I think is, like, one of the best and truest that's, like, on my list that, like, is a good one that I need to say. Do you have how much more do you have to do? I'm done, man. Sign All right, off. Let me let this. me hit you with this, and then we can sign out. But I would actually, I still have some on my list, so this is a title, a, a topic we can hit later. And I'd love to hear what everybody else 
thinks about what we said also, but what yeah. we didn't. But let us know on is... social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Hit him with the last one, Rumi. This is my my biggest one. I'm thinking is Atticus Finch and To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, well, and, and mm, yeah. On a personal note, he is one of the most closely related to my father characters that I could think of because like that is my I think my dad would act like that in that situation. My dad has very similar values. I think I look at my dad like Scout looks at her dad. I think that's a really interesting man, let alone father figure, if you look at history and comics and everything through time. And I have so many more that we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I feel like I'd be remiss not to mention that one. Absolutely. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, there's the sequel. Uh, Scout finds out more about her father. That's like he has a clan robe in his closet, mm-hmm. and like trying to justify some of his like failings as a father. So the what is presented into killing a Mo- to kill a mockingbird is like he's one of the the, the best heroes of all time because of his moral standing. Um, he ain't better than the Indiana Jones, but you know, as a father, probably yes. I like him. He always least, pops up on AFI's this, like best heroes right. list. I'm like, Ugh. we're not talking about Scout Two or Atticus Finch Two Scouts Revenge. I'm talking about the first one. Yeah, I, I think it's called Ghost at a Watchman. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, crazy man. I, I, he's he's definitely a good choice, and I think that like what is presented in the first book is always fantastic, and especially how he explains to his kid without magic and without lying to her, the situation that he is trying to uh, amend. But in the third movie, Scout Requiem, he comes back through the magic of Santa Claus. Santa Claus resurrects him, (laughs) comes back, and then they give presents to all the misunderstood black kids. (laughs) Until Scout gets kidnapped and he goes, starts capping motherfuckers, riding in Santa's (laughs) sleigh, shooting them in kneecaps, pop which they completely disregard in the fourth installment to kill a mockingbird again. <laughs> again. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rumi, this has been a blast. Uh, let's blast this thing off, man. Uh, yeah. All Happy right. Father's Day, man. You too, dude. Keep it up the good work. <laughs> Got some extra power on that one. Yeah, man, because it's Father's Day and I've been drinking. <laughs> We've been the Rocketeers. We're out. Oh my God. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.